Amen. Praise the Lord. Happy Mother's Day to every mother here. Like my beloved sister said, you really rock. You guys are awesome. And I thank and appreciate every mother here. Thank you, Amen, for being here and also online to honor our mothers today. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? In Jesus' name, amen. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you because we know you are already here. We know you have prepared for us. We know that you love us so dearly and you bring your information to help us to walk in the light so that we shall have joy fulfilled as Jesus Christ brought to us. Thank you for certainly our lives will never be the same again. We give you the praise and we thank you for answered prayers. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Our topic today is uh, the sweet fragrance of Christ. The sweet fragrance of Christ. And this is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14 to 15. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 to 15. It says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph, in Christ, which means you have to be in Christ for this triumph to be happening in your life. As trophies of Christ's victory, and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Through us, he spreads and makes evidence everywhere we find ourselves. This sweet fragrance of Christ, the sweet knowledge of our God and our Father. 15, for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which excels unto God, the sensible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, which means everyone is able to discern that there is something about this person. To some people, it's a blessing and it's pleasing to them. That's to the believers. But to the unbelievers, they see you as a sting. In other words, your life is making them feel bad about themselves. But at the same time, by the grace of God, it's supposed to help them to whet their appetite to make them desire to be like you. TPT said in verse 14 that through our yielded lives, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere we go. Through our yielded lives, which means that this, the spreading of this sweet fragrance can only happen when we as believers in union with Jesus are yielded to him, yielded to his spirit. It doesn't happen just because you're a believer. You have to be a yielded vessel. Jesus told Philip when he asked him, you know, show us the father and that will satisfy us. And he said to him in uh, John 14, verse 9, Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? He said to him, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If you have seen Jesus, you have seen the Father. That's what Jesus was conveying to him. And in verse 10, he said to him, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own. But my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. See, 
Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him. So the words that he speaks are words of the Father. And the acts, acts of the Father. So it's like the Father doing it. And in the same manner, we are the body of Christ. We are the believers. And Christ lives in us. And we are in him. We are in union with him according to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. So we are joined spirit with him. We are his body here on earth. The Bible said that he is the supreme head over the body, which is the church. So we are his body according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 23. So as his body, everywhere you go, your head goes with you. You don't go you know, to, to shop and you leave your body in the house. So we are in union with him. Anywhere you find Jesus, you find you, you find Jesus. So that means that in turn, the acts coming through you should be the acts of Christ. It's like it's Jesus that is doing those things. So as Jesus said to Philip, at least believe me for the works that you see me do. People should be able to also see our acts of love, acts of patience, acts of kindness, and they see Jesus through us because it is Jesus that is walking through our lives. It's an awesome responsibility because we are carriers of God. So if it is Jesus acting through us, it's like it's also the Father acting through us because Jesus is in the Father, and the Father is in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. Amen? The book, uh, the book of Galatians, chapter 5, 22 to 24 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, that is, of the human spirit, the fruit that our spirit man that is in union with Christ bears because of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God living in us, is on self, is love first, Unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace. It's not just sitting quietly and uh, you just being a little smile, but there's that inner peace that comes from the Father. Patience. He said, not the ability to wait, but how you act while you wait. You're, you know that you're patient, especially when you are under pressure. When the challenges of life are facing you, but you're patiently waiting because you have your trust and confidence in the Father. That's kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So everything that Jesus has, we have. We have his character, we have his conduct, we have his ability, we have his wisdom, Christ my wisdom. We have his righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have his holiness. His anointing, his glory, everything that Jesus has, if you are born again, you already have it. You have the seed of everything that Jesus has in you. The day you said yes to Jesus, your life was severed from the tie it has with this life. Christ became your life. That's what the Colossians 3, 3 and 4 said. Christ became your life. So your hands are no longer yours, your mouth is no longer yours, your legs are no longer yours. Whatever is here is all his because you've been bought by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. You represent him, you are a carrier of him. The Bible called Jesus, in fact Jesus himself said 
that he is the light of the world. John 8, verse 12. He said, once more, Jesus addressed the crowd. He said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not be walking in the dark, but will have the light, which is life. So because you have Jesus, you have the light, which is life. You have the life of God. You have the light of God. Because we sing a song, I have the light of God in me. I have the life of God. I have the spirit of the Son of God. You have the light, which is life. And God is a father of lights. He's the father of lights. He's in you. So that's why we are called the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. So everywhere you go, know that there's light there. It does darkness, it dispels the, light, the darkness. Everything that is dark will really show. I don't know how many times people that walk around me, especially at my job when, when I was in Nigeria and even over here, there are certain things they do. They will call me and say, Dorothy, please, I'm so sorry. They didn't even do it to me. They didn't say it to me. But the fact that they said it and they knew I was around, they would just quickly apologize because the light in me kind of makes them know that, that, that they, without my saying a word, in him we live and move and have our beings. So that's why we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, because the light of life is in us. Christ in us is the light of the world. And this light portrays light, shows love, patience, whatever. Let's look at this, what the Bible said about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 4 to 7, because God is love and Jesus is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, from verse 4. I want you to pay close attention to every line. Love endures. It endures how? Long. It's not just one thing. It just endures for a while. And then, love endures long and is patient and kind. By the way, remember that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. So that love is there already. It's describing what you have, who you really are. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It's not suspicious. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not vainglorious. It does not display itself haughtily. You know, a haughty spirit. One, two, three. It's like, I remember the man that came to work for me. I won't tell you where the man is coming from. And then the very first day he came, and I just said, good morning. He said, huh? And the, the face was like as if he was going to pounce on me. So by the time they came the first day, the second day, the way I was responding to him, the subsequent days he began to relax. That's how a lot of people, we have a lot of angry people in the world today. No wonder the Father has planted you and I wherever you find yourself to bring light, to bring love. So he says, uh, verse, four, verse 5, It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude or mannerly and does not act unbecomingly. That's unmannerly. Love, God's love, where? So it's already in you. God's love in us does not insist on its own rights or its own way. For it is not self-seeking. My way or the, is the highway. Nobody else. It has to be my way. No, it's not that. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touching. A lot of people are too, so touchy in our world today, very sensitive. Every, any little thing, they just flare up. I 
remember that one time one of my sons came to me and said, Mommy, does it mean that God doesn't have a solution to this cancer and all these things that is happening? I said, God does. If you follow the word of God, the word of God is medicine to your body. The word of God begins to tell you how to live your life so that you avoid some of these things. You avoid anger. You avoid this uh, touchiness, fretting, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness. You begin to live a life of love. Uh, love. We say it's love, it's love, it's love that makes that world go round. It's love. Love is the answer. They sing a song in it. We say, Ihunanya marama. What does it mean? That love is so awesome. If you now add it with a good heart, it will dispel hypertension. It will dispel it. That is totally, completely. He said, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Have you, can you see a lot of people, what they did to them? 30 years ago, 50 years ago, they still remember. And they, when they still see that person, they, <clears throat> who is suffering it? You are the one. It is you. The other person is having a good time. Some five years ago, some two years ago, it is still in their heart. It's eating you up. It is not, for, it's not good for you at all. Praise the Lord. Sorry. Let me go back to where my phone just, I mean, my, my iPad just took me to another route. So I was reading, um, okay. So, um, so this light, which is love, shines brighter and brighter the more you get matured in the Lord. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Proverbs 4, 18, the Bible says there that, but the path of the uncompromisingly just and righteous is like the light of dawn that shines more and more, brighter and brighter, until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day to be prepared. This light, this love that is in you, it shines brighter and brighter. The more you get matured in the Lord, the more you feed on the Word. The word of God is God. The word of God is Jesus. The more what you focus on, you become like. Christ is the word of God. Christ is your life. So the more you focus on him, and that's who the Father told us to focus on, focus on looking away from all that would distract unto Jesus. Romans chapter 15. We read 1 to 7. He said, Now, those who are mature in their faith can easily be what? They can be recognized. You see in them patience. You see in them love. You see in them the nature of God. For they don't live to please themselves, but they have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. You make the best construction of whatever anybody says or does. You know people are coming. Whatever people are doing is based on their limited knowledge. When people know better, what do they do? They act better. So you that is more mature, you bear patiently with them. Our goal, verse 2, must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. That's our goal. God wants to use you as a stepping stone to help his precious daughter, his beloved son, his young angels, 
to get more matured and be like Christ so that they can enjoy their rights and privileges in the Lord. God is totally depending upon you that is there for him to live through you to mature your brother, your sister. Verse 3, for not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, live to please himself. His life fulfilled the scripture that says, all the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. I don't forget one of the examples that Sister Carol gave us at our women's meeting. He said, I have no ego to defend. He had no ego to defend. He took all the insults. Who among us can take a little insult without flaring up and trying to show who you are? Yet who, what you're showing is who the dead man is. Because the real you, your real life is hid with Christ in God. Your real life is the new you. Whatever was written, verse 4, beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impact to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. They are written for our example. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, who is already in you, the source of great endurance and comfort is already in you. May he grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one, the one that you're united with, that is in one spirit, in joint spirit with. Then with a unanimous rush of passion, with a unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners. Just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner, even though we don't measure up, we know we have left, we are on our way. He even accepted us even before we are where we are today. So he wants us to welcome and accept each other and help each other to come up higher through our modeled life of Christ before them. We have become partners, partakers of divine nature. And the reason we have these things is so that we won't follow the world in all the things that the world is doing today. That's what 2 Peter 1 verse 4 says. He said that these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature, his character, his conduct, enjoy his rights and privileges, and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. So, you know, you bear these fruits effortlessly, these fruits of love, joy, peace, effortlessly, as you attach to the Lord in John chapter 15, 4 to 5. He says, <clears throat> so you must remain in life union with me. It's a choice you do on a daily basis because things will come around you. Even though you are united with him in the spirit, you have to act it out. So it's a choice you do on a daily basis. He said, for I remain in life union with, with you. For me, I'm in you. I'm there. But you have to recognize it and believe it and respond in the light of my word. He said, for as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, as a branch, you are a branch of him, but he's just giving you an example, illustration with life issues. 
He says, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to me. Everybody say intimately. Intimately joined to me. See, the word intimately is just telling us you have to say is the way that involves detailed knowledge. For you to be intimately joined with him, you have to begin to study, to be close to him, to have detailed knowledge about him. Because after all, he is your life. He said, whether in private or in public, you are intimately joined with him. It doesn't matter whether in a, you are in a clo- behind a closed door or by yourself. You are intimately joined with him. You have to reckon with that. You have to live in the consciousness of the fact that you are joined spirit with him. And he said, verse 5, I am the sprouting vine and you are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source. Fruitfulness will do what? Will stream from within you effortlessly. But when you live separated from me, even though you are joined with me, we are one spirit, you are powerless. You can't bear fruits of love. Any little thing you're touching, you get easily irritated. Let's see that tree. You know what happens to the apple tree when it's attached to the vine? Effortless bearing of apples. That's what you notice. That is a branch. Can we see the tree? If, an, if the branch is attached to the tree, the, 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 the branch cannot be saying, I want to be an apple. That's nothing. It's effortless. Because it's not you doing it. It's not you. It's not by power. It's not by mind. It's by the Spirit of God. Let us, so he said, and you know, he gave us his spirit to help us. Our guide is ever ready. He's ever ready to help us, to intimate us on the right path to go. Jeremiah chapter 10 verse 23 says, Oh Lord, I know that the path of life of a man is not in himself. It is not within the limited ability of man, even one at his best, to choose and direct his steps in life. The moment you said yes to Jesus... It is not for you to lead and direct your life. That is the day you died to this self. That is the day you took him as your Lord. And it is, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to the depth of my soul. Yes, Lord. Completely, yes. My soul says yes. The steps of the righteous are ordered by him. So that day... You cease to lead yourself. You don't have the ability to lead your life in this life. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is what? Follow. And we sing it, follow, follow. I will follow Jesus. How, where and where? Anywhere, everywhere. I will follow him. The book of Proverbs chapter 3, 5 to 8. Let's read that one. Proverbs 3, 5 says... Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, do what? Rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. How many decisions? Every. What does the word every mean? Every. All, all, all. 
Become intimate with him in whatever you do, and he will lead you wherever you go. Become, you see the word intimate again? You, have a, you seek to have a complete knowledge of him because after all, he's now your life. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that is wrong. Or you adore him. I looked up the word adore. It said love and respect him deeply. He said worship and venerate him. Which means show him reverence. Have him in high esteem. That means have his word in high esteem. If God says it and I believe it, that, says, that settles it. How do you know you believe it? When you respond to it. And he said, you have it, you adore him with undivided devotion. The word devotion again is undivided loyalty or allegiance. Total commitment to him. Total commitment to his word. You see why people are having problems, especially believers. Follow him and then wait patiently for him no matter what. He will sort you out. He will settle you, no matter what. And then he said in verse 7, Don't think for a moment that you know it all, for wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion and avoid everything that's wrong, because his spirit in you will guide you. Then you will find the healing refreshment your body and spirit longs for. You will find the healing refreshment. Whatever are those refreshments, whether healing for the body, healing for your business, healing for your marriage, healing for whatever, you will find it because it's all in him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So his matured ones respond to his promptings. And that's how you will know how well you are rooted in him will show in your responses. That's why Romans 8.14 says, uh, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. If you look at it in AMP, it says that for all who are, are allowing themselves, because it's a choice, he's not going to force you. All who are allowing themselves, he will be leading you, but it's up to you now to choose to respond to his leadings. He said, these are the sons of God. Even though we are all children of God, but there are some that don't, they just want to do their own thing. They think God is uh, holding something away from them, like uh, Eve thought, the devil deceived Eve. But God wants you to have this life to the full till it overflows. So we must, as his children, on purpose, choose to walk in agreement with him. We must have to refuse anything that is contrary to what the word of God says. It's a choice you do on a daily basis because two cannot work together except they agree. That's what Amos 3.3 said. Galatians 5.25 says that if we live in the spirit, then we should also do what? Walk in the spirit. Our acts should be in the spirit. Spirit-directed life, spirit-guided decisions, spirit-done, whatever. And then you find out that that light in you, Luke chapter 11, 36, say, if your spirit burns with light, fully illuminated with no trace of darkness, and the only thing that can help you do so is the word of God. As you're abiding, you say, you will be a shining lamp, reflecting rays of truth by the way you live. It will certainly show by the way you live. 
You don't need to go too far. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, what does that mean? Whatever. Whether you are watching movies, watching TV, playing games, uh, studying, you know, studying your Bible, walking, doing your job, the Bible says we are to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do it for his glory. So whatever you want to do in this life, if you have not been doing that from today onwards, just whatever it is, say, I'm doing this in the name of the Lord. And see how it goes down well with you in your spirit. And as you're doing that, you say, giving him, you know, thanks. See how it goes with you. We are the sheep of his pastures. And he said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they follow me. We, the sheep of God, are called to hear the voice of the master. And his voice is his word. He's not going to force you, but he's not going to make the choices for you. He allows you to make your choices, but he will show you the right path to take. So like I said earlier on, that your life will either reflect, you know, and then uh, the believers will be blessed, or the unbelievers will feel, you know, you know, kind of condemned, convicted because of your life. But we are supposed to live more than that life anyway, so that we will win their appetite to desire what we have. Let's look at Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. It says, our lives are Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. So if you're living around an unbeliever, so don't feel too bad the way they might act around you. I have quite a bunch of them. I fact, particularly one. But I just keep modeling love. You know, sometimes she will respond. Sometimes she will not respond. But I don't care because I know I'm representing the Lord Christ. But thank God that gradually it's like that, that hard knot is being cracked down. You just have to be consistent at it. You don't have to run away from church because that's why God called you as the light of the world. And he said in verse 16, To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of dead and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? Well, none of us is. That's why we are in union with Christ. We keep modeling what is right. We live a life of total surrender and obedience to him. And Jesus modeled this thing for us in John chapter 15, John chapter 5, verse 19. He said then, so Jesus answered them by saying, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the son is able to do nothing of himself. Nothing. The son of God said he's able to do nothing of himself, of his own accord. But he's able to do only, only. Do you know what the word only means? <laughs> only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does is what the son does in the same way in his tongue. He said in verse 30, I am able to do nothing from myself independently of my own accord. We read the scriptures and we say, wow. Maybe it makes you have good pimples. But this same personality is in you. That's you. That's talking about you. He said, but only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders, even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I am bidding to decide 
as the voice comes to me, and we all receive the voice of the word of God as we are studying the word of God, he says, so I give a decision. And my judgment is right, just, righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself. I, Dorothy Emmanuel, by God's grace, I don't have any desire to do what is pleasing to myself because I'm following the Lord Christ. You say, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. I am representing the Lord Christ. Like I said, it's an awesome responsibility because we are carriers of God. We have to be, choose to be loyal to the Father, to be loyal to the Son. As Jesus Christ modeled loyalty to the Father, he said, that's why he told us, if you want to follow him as his disciple, you have to really deny yourself. You have to take up your cross. You have to say, you have to cleave steadfastly to him, conform wholly to his examples in living, and even if it warrants death, that's him. That's the life of Christ. We are called to be imitators of God. He said in Ephesians chapter 5, 1 and 2, he said, be imitators of God in everything you do. So consciously live in, you know, in, with that you know, desire to imitate God as Jesus Christ modeled for us. For then you will represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. And continue to walk, surrender to the extravagant love of Christ. If you are not living in consciousness of how well you are loved, how deeply you are loved by the Father, you might not be able to easily give that out. You say, for, uh, for he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us, his great love for us was pleasing to God, like an aroma of adoration, a sweet healing fragrance. A sweet healing fragrance. That's what we are all supposed to exude. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, 17 to 25. Colossians 3, 17 to 25. It says, let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of who? Of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And bring your constant praise to God, the Father, because of what Christ has done for you. 18. Let every wife be supportive and tenderly devoted to her husband. For this is a beautiful illustration of our devotion to Christ. Let every wife be supportive, be tenderly devoted. You see... That was so much, I was, you know, looking at, uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 31, talking about the, the, the virtuous woman. said that her husband is known at the gates of the city. Her husband is known at the gates of the city. Your husband will resent you if you make him feel less of a man that he is. He wants to be the man that God called him to be. And he will not like it. And the same thing goes when a man is not really living up to who he's supposed to be, kind of living like a woman. He doesn't honor God. He doesn't glorify God. And he makes it, your wife again resent you. But as a wife, you have to help your husband to be who God made him to be because you are the fragrance of Christ before him. You now, in the world in which we are today, it's like, you know, I don't forget when I was in one of the schools teaching, and one lady, one little girl, you know, I think he's in high school or middle school, saw me, saw with the ring, said, ah, Dorothy, are you married? I said, yes. 
He said, ah, then you must be cheating on each other. I said, no. He said, you must be cheating on each other. I said, no, there's nothing like that. He said, oh, that, that's not true. That is not true. A girl in a middle school. That's the world in which we are today. People look down on you when you're keeping your marriage. The Bible told us in Hebrews chapter 12, 13, verse 4, it said that marriage is honorable with bed on the file. And God wants us to protect our marriages, especially in the world in which we are today. He said in verse 19, let every husband be filled with cherishing love for his wife and never be insensitive towards her. Respond to her. The Bible called us the, the weaker vessel. That is maybe physically weaker, but we are co-heads with you. So listen to her. She might be talking gibberish, but just listen to her because whatever she's saying, it means something to her. The same thing for your husband. If your husband is telling you anything, it means something to him. Listen to each other. And that way you will avoid resentment and quarreling and bitterness. You will zip the door against the devil. Verse 20, let the children respect and pay attention to their parents in everything. For this pleases our Lord Jesus. This is so important. The Bible told us in Ephesians, I think in chapter 6, verse 4 or something, you know, you know, 3, or 1 to 3. So he was telling, you know, children, see, obey your parents in all things. Let me just quickly read that. I'll come up. I'm not done with this other one. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Children, if you want to be wise, listen to your parents and do what they tell you. And the Lord will do what? Help you. Because he knows that sometimes it's not easy. Because you are looking at your peers. You want to do what they are doing. But the father who created you, who formed you in your mother's womb, knows what is best for you. And he said to you, Listen to your parents and do what they tell you because they are your parents in the law. Which means it doesn't mean that if, you are, if your parent is an unbeliever and they're telling you to do what is not biblical, that you should respond. But God knows, He's talking to you, Christian children. He said, because this is a commandment that has blessing attached to it. And He said in verse 3, He said, You will prosper and live how long? You live a long, full life if you honor your parents. But the one will tell you, I mean, you have to, you know, you have to be, you have to show yourself to be strong when it comes, you know, with your parents. I don't forget when I was also in one of the schools, a, a, a parent came to maybe apologize to the teacher for what the, the daughter did. And the daughter was before the students and the teacher insulting the mom. I said, oh my goodness. You can see why the world is going upside down. Because a lot of children, they think it's, you know, it's macho when they don't listen to their parents. They want to do things their way. They think their parents are old-fashioned. They, want to, they are the noun people. They are in new age. You can't reverse what the Bible said. Otherwise, you'll be doing yourself a grave harm. We go back again to that Colossians chapter 3. He <clears throat> said, and fathers... Don't have unrealistic expectations of your children or else they may become discouraged. Don't try to live your dreams through your children. Model what they want is to live the life of love through you. You help them to be who God made them to be because God made them who he wants them to be and it's unfolding, but you help them to learn to seek God for decisions, for directions, 
you, you kind of model what is right before them. You don't, you don't have to, the Bible called it exasperate them. That's make them to feel so irritated that they get angry and then they begin to do the wrong thing. It will not profit them, neither will it profit you. The family will be so unhappy when they are doing the wrong thing, you know. As he grieves the father when we are not enjoying our rights and privileges as children of God. We model what is right before our children. Model how your, your, your submissiveness to the authority, your submissiveness to God, that you put God first. You model it before your children, that you honor the, those in authority as the Bible taught us. You model it before your children. You don't run people down before your children because you are showing them a, a bad example. They might be quiet, but they are soaking in some things. I don't forget when we were in Nigeria. One time, my son, Ugo, he, he was very little at the time. He just came to me and just put his hand like, hand like this and just pushed me down. He was trying to pray anointing over me because that was what he was watching the father doing in the church. And then sometimes he would carry camera. He would just be going like this because that was what he was seeing in the church. People doing camera. Praise the Lord. You have to be careful what you do before your children. And I want to again remind children, you know, I, I, I read this thing, I remember this story about uh, the children of Noah, the Shem, Ham, and then Japheth. Je you know, Ham was the father of Canaan, but Ham was caused. Why was he caused? Because he was running down the father like the people of the world should do. That as he saw something bad that the father was doing, and he laughed and then went and called the brothers to come and see and then the brothers, they didn't want to see. They went with their back, used cloths, and covered their father. They, they covered their father's nakedness. In other words, they covered their father's sin. And when the father woke up, he knew what happened. And he blessed uh, uh, Shem and blessed Japheth and caused Ham. He was the father of Canaan that was caused. Children. You trap a lot of blessings when you honor your parents. I can't say it enough. You don't know how much blessings you're chunking. I know that by experience. I know that my life is what it is today because of the honor I gave to my mom. Even though it wasn't easy, but God helped me. I know I'm the most blessed. I say it, I'm the most blessed, and I'm not hiding it because I believe it to be so. Praise the Lord. Verse 22 says, let every employee listen well and follow the instructions of their employer. Not just when their employers are watching and not in pretense, but faithful in all things. For we are to live our lives with pure hearts in the constant hour and wonder of our Lord God. Remember, we are the fragrance of Christ. I know a lot of things happening around me. They say, don't use your phone until when you are break. But you find some people doing that. You find even some of our people calling long distance call. Others may be doing it, but your name is not everybody or others. Because you have integrity, you have the Lord Jesus that you're representing. Just stick to what you know is right. That one that they have allowed you, do just that. Do your job whether anybody is watching or not. You don't have to be like people. I know some people... When they hear steps, they just turn like this and they start doing like as if they are busy. But when they don't hear steps, you see them going to some places they're not supposed to go. You don't have to be like the others. You are representing 
the Lord Christ. So 23 says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Every activity means every activity. And though you are doing it as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others, that work you're doing at your job, you are doing it for the Lord because you are representing him. Remember, you are in union with him. He said in uh, verse 24, For we know that we will receive a reward and inheritance from the Lord as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. A disciple will be repaid for what he has learned and followed, for God pays no attention to the titles or prestige of men. It doesn't matter your, what you're answering. You know, we serve the Lord Christ and we'll all be rewarded. At the, I think a pastor taught us that, he said, be my seats, right? When God will reward us for how we've used every grace that he has made available to us. Paul said that I labor more abundantly than all of you. You know, but it's not I, but it's the grace of God. And that grace keeps giving. We've all received that grace. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. As, as a child of God, you already have that grace in you. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, Let love and kindness be the motivation behind all that you do. If anyone doesn't sincerely love the Lord, he deserves to be doomed as an outcast. That is, this is the word of God. This is the New Testament. Let love and kindness be the motivation behind behind whatever it is you're doing. Let your goal be to represent him. Let your goal be to build the other up. Learn to forgive, to let go. It's like you're, you, you are drinking poison and you're hoping that the other person should die. The Bible said a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit does what? It dries the bone. That's what the Bible said in Proverbs chapter 17, 22. A merry heart. You, when you read the word of God, there are so many places you would just laugh and laugh at. You know, the, the, the word of God is so full of fun. And it's so full of wealth of information that will help you to be all that the Father has destined for you. I don't forget uh, you know, the experience I had with my little girl, my little angel, my sweet granddaughter. One time it took my husband's heart. And just put the thing on her on her head and was just running to go to go to go to go. I said, Don't leave her, you're gonna fall off. She couldn't even be bothered. Let me, let me have that picture. Anytime I remember it, I laugh and laugh and laugh. I just laugh. Find things that will make you laugh. Don't focus on the negative. What you focus on will multiply, will magnify. Focus on the good aspects of the people around you. And appreciate God for that. Your job is to model Christ. Regardless of what they are doing, you know yourself that I'm God's ambassador. Let go and let God. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. You don't gain anything by harboring, you know, in resentment and bitterness. You don't at all. I listened to one thing over the television, and I just want to show it before I continue to wrap up the message. Can we have that video, please? Did you know that unforgiveness can actually make you sick? It's classified as a disease in medical books. Now, forgiveness therapy is being used to help treat diseases like cancer. Dr. Stephen Standiford, a cancer surgeon, says unforgiveness makes people sick and keeps them sick. 
It's important to treat emotional wounds or disorders um, because they really can hinder someone's reactions to the treatments, even someone's willingness to pursue treatment. Of all cancer patients, 61% have forgiveness issues, and of those, more than half are severe. That's according to research by Dr. Michael Berry, a pastor and the author of the book, The Forgiveness Project. These negative emotions, this anger and hatred, creates a state of chronic anxiety. Chronic anxiety very predictably produces adrenaline and cortisol, which, de which deplete the production of natural killer cells, which is your body's foot soldier in the fight against cancer. When a person forgives from the heart, which of course is the gold standard that we use in Matthew 18, forgiveness from the heart, we find that they're, uh, they're able to find a sense of peacefulness. Uh, quite often our patients refer to that as a feeling of lightness. Lori, we don't realize what a burden anger and hatred is until we let it go. And the first step in forgiveness therapy is recognizing forgiveness is not the same thing as condoning what a person did, which is the major hurdle for most patients. You don't gain anything by harboring anything. Make the best construction for whatever anybody says or does. Choose to forgive. Choose to live a life of love. Learn to communicate properly and appropriately. When you're hurting, you can share with one another, especially those of your household. They know you inside out, and they are beta helpers for you. They're your beta mirror. And whatever they are telling you is just for your own good. Even if you don't see light in what they are saying, just listen. And then ask God, is this really me? God, help me. If that's true about me, help me to adjust. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I want to, yeah, I want us to go through this one very quickly. You know, um, I want you to know that so long as you trust God, that God will pull you through, no matter what the situation is. The Bible said in Psalm 92, verse 11, say the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. That is a promise from the Father. You will flourish, but you have to patiently follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. God will never allow anything beyond you to come your way. And whatever is that thing that comes, Jesus is the answer for the world today, no matter what it is. Learn to know him better. Stick it out. Remove I can't from your dictionary. Remove the word I can't. Because the Bible said in Philippians 4.13, you can do all things through Christ who infuses the inner strength. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. We perceive things differently with the, through the eye of God. Whatever test comes will always bring testimony, and whatever trial comes will always bring triumph, so long as you stick it out and trust in your maker. I want us to, you know, this is a prayer. I will want us to be praying for each other. I still have uh, five minutes because I'm taking the time for the video, okay? Yes, yeah, sorry, my dear. I combined the whole thing together. So sorry. Okay. This is a prayer I want us to be praying for each other. In Philippians chapter 5, chapter 1, that's it. You'll find out the last scripture on the thing I sent to you. Philippians chapter 1, 9 to 11. It says, 
I continue to pray for your love to grow and increase beyond measure. So you continue, you don't stop. Continue to pray for your household members. Continue to pray for yourself that your love will grow, will mature beyond measure. The more you get to know the Lord Jesus, the better you grow in these things. And how well you stand is determined by how rooted you are in him. Is determined by how well you're rooted in the world. He said, this will enable you to choose the most excellent way of all, becoming pure and without offense until the unveiling of Christ. And you will be filled completely with the fruits of righteousness that are found in Jesus, the anointed one, bringing great praise and glory to God. Amen. So make this a prayer for your life. Make this a prayer for your family. Know the awesome responsibility that you're carrying, but you are not alone at it. You can do all things through Christ who infuses the inner strength. It is not in your strength. It is God who is all the while at work in you, walking, willing to, helping you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now finally, I want us to read this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. It says, finally, all of you should be one and the same mind, united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household. In any case, we are brethren of one household because we have one father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we have one head, Jesus Christ, who is now our life. So sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate and courteous, tender-hearted and humble. Never return evil for evil or insult for insult, scolding, tongue-lashing, berating, but on the contrary, blessing, praying for their welfare, happiness, and protection, and truly pitying and loving them. For know that to this you have been called, that you may yourselves inherit a blessing from God, that you may obtain a blessing as his, bringing welfare and happiness and protection. Verse 12. For the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, those who are upright and in right standing with God, which is us, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who practice evil, to oppose them, to frustrate and defeat them. Verse 14. But even in case you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. You are what? You are blessed. Happy to be envied. Do not dread or be afraid of their threats, for the disturb or be, nor be disturbed by their opposition. But in your heart set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously and respectfully. We are the fragrance of Christ. Anywhere we find ourselves, we exude the sweet fragrance of Christ. That's you, not in your own strength. Christ in you, the hope of glory but you must continue to abide in him. Abiding in him means 
respond to his word. Amen. Shall we bow our heads in prayer? Our Father and our God, we thank you. We give you praise. You're faithful. We know your grace abounds. We can do all things because your grace abounds. Blessed be thy name, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.